0: All right, Job we good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors, for the month of Tebes. To thank Yol and Sard Kelman for dedicating all the Shurim and Droshos this month in honor of the birth of their daughter, Oriya Tahel, and in the hope and the merit are of the Tilos of all those, and in the hope that the Tilos of all those, Davening for this special bracha will soon be answered. To thank Steven and Terry Zin for dedicating all the Sherman drashos this month in honor of their grandchildren, excuse me, Adin Svi and Naftali Moshe, and Shirley Elbaum and family for dedicating the shi'orim this month, in commemoration of the art site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov couple. I'm sorry, Yaakov couple. Ben Ben Rabbi Avram Menachem. to thank our week of learning sponsors Paul and Kathy Pollock, in memory of Paul's sister Leah Bas Shmuel our Daf Yomi sponsor Steve Golaskov, in commemoration of the, the Yards of the Shloshim of his father Nochum Sender Ben Meshulam Zechoron and David and Roberta Schwartz in honor and in memory of the one year site of David's father Ephraim Shimin, Ben Avram Zechoron Levrachah we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah. All of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in the Chama and we thank everyone for their sponsorships. So with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, Mirat Hashem. Today's Daph is daf hey. Fine. We are picking up on Dalit on the base. Let's just for the sake of ease, just pick up at the beginning of the intermediate wide lines. So, so the Gemara says, my Rabbi Yossi, supposed to remember again, the Gemara said in yesterday's daf that the Mishnah could reflect the view of Rebbe or Rabbi Yossi. So we went through Rebbe's position. Now the Gemara says, what's the position of Rabbi Yossi? The Sanyo, we learned, Chalios be'erev Shabbos. If the 14th falls out on Erev Shabbos, on Friday, mukhafenu k'farem makdim So in that case, According to this opinion, Mukafin walled cities and villages will advance to Thursday. So we began this opinion yesterday, this interesting idea that once Mukoffin, once walled cities are going to have to move anyway, because you can't read on Shabbos and you can't push until Sunday because Sunday will already be the 16th. So we might as well move back Mukafin to read together with Kfarim on the on the on the 13th on Thursday, which is the Omaknisa. Allah Sidigimara says, And again, large unwalled cities will read on the 14th on Friday. Ravios Yossi says no. called We don't push back walled cities to the thirteenth before the unwalled cities, <laughs> rather Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi will say, which is the view reflected in our Mishnah, namely that halacha when the 14th falls on a Friday. So ultimately, again, unwalled cities and walled cities will both read on Friday, and villages will be pushed back to Thursday. So the Gemara analyzes, my time at the Tanakh what's the logic of the Tanakh Remember, again, I both this is a very novel idea, that once once we have to move the walled cities, we move them back to Thursday together with the villages. Where does the Tanakhama get that? So the Gemara says, <laughs> Because the Pasek in the Megillah says, each and every year, which means that the observance of Purim should be uniform from year to year. Just like each and every year, unwalled cities read on the 14th, and what, and what? And the the date for reading of the unwalled cities is different than the walled cities. Afkan mm-hmm. b'ar-basar, so too I will to say we will preserve. The reading of the unwalled cities on the 14th, and in order to ensure that walled cities and unwalled cities do not read at the same time, what will we do? Siddiq Mar says, I'm sorry, Afghan Ayaraz Barabasar, Uzman al lo Lozman al Therefore, we'll push the walled cities back to Thursday, the 13th. Why don't you dash in the Pazak a little bit differently and to say as follows? just like each and every year, walled cities don 't come before unwalled cities so too over here we 're not going to push walled cities before unwalled cities Here I say remember again it 's not possible is mean, it 's not possible already as it is you 're not going to maintain the order of unwalled cities before walled cities. Why not? Because the 15th is on Shabbos. So already as it is, what are your two options? What are your two options? Your two options are either read both, or I should say allow both to read on the 14th on Friday, right? in which case, again, you already ruined the order, or push walled cities to the 13th, to Thursday. Because even though that seems a little bit unnatural, at least what you're doing is you're preserving the unique aspect of the 14th. So therefore, again, the Tanakama would rather preserve the uniqueness of the 14th, making it a day that only unwalled cities read, even if that means going ahead and pushing walled cities to Thursday the 13th. So the Gemara says, my time with Rabbi Yossi. What's Rabbi Yossi's logic? Remember again, Rabbi Yossi holds, that when the 15th falls on a Shabbos, so what are we gonna do? We'll go ahead and, we'll go, I should say, when the 14th falls on a Shabbos, Rabbi Ossi will say, because we'll say, by the way, you begin to see from this discussion, which is very interesting, that as much as the 14th and 15th are, well, it, actually we'll say a little later. So we'll say, so when the 14th falls out on a Shabbos, when the 14th, so Rabbi Yossi holds that both walt and unwalt, will read on the 14th on Friday, and villages will be pushed to the previous Thursday. So the most work Rabbi Yossi's logic. My time Rabbi Yossi. Because once again, Rabbi Yossi also darshins the same phrase. Just like each and every year. Just like each and every year. That ultimately again, walled cities do not come before unwalled cities. Afghan. In Mukaf and Kobilayara. So too over here, you can't push walled cities before waltz you can't push walled cities to read before unwalled cities. Vamo. Both a second wide line. Vemu of the widest lines. Vimo, Bekoshana Vashano, Ma Bekoshana Vashano, Zmanoshaza, Los Manoshaza, Afkan Zmanosh, Los Manoshaza. But I, Rabbi Osi, why don't you say b'chol shana Each and every year, each and every year, right? Walled cities and unwalled cities do not read on the same dates. So why not preserve that same, that same thing over here? To which the Mars says, shani afshar. It's different, Rabbi because remember again, you're dealing with a compromised, compromised, you're dealing already with a difficult case. What's the difficult case? The 15th is falling out on Shabbos. So once the 15th is falling out on Shabbos, what does that tell you? Something's gonna give. Something's gonna give. So we'll say, you see an interesting tension over here, and and by the way, what an incredible musr also. You see, what's unfolding over here is as follows. When the 15th falls out on Shabbos, what do you lack? What do you lack? What do you lack? Perfection. In other words, when the 15th falls out on Shabbos, here's what I know. I can't have things in a perfect order, right? In a perfect world, unwalled cities read on the 14th, right? Walled cities read on the 15th. Villages, villages, okay, whatever you do, the 14th, Yom HaKnis, whatever it is. So when the 15th falls down on Shabbos, it's an imperfect, quote unquote, an imperfect situation. So, you know what the Machloki says over here? When you find yourself beset by the imperfections of life, you have to learn how to pivot. You see, there are different kinds of people. Some people, when they find themselves in the midst of imperfect circumstances, simply go ahead and lament the imperfection of their circumstances. Woe is me. Woe is me, right? I can't believe this is happening. And they spend all of their energies lamenting the imperfections. Chazal are teaching us Life is sold with imperfect circumstances. Some are dramatically imperfect. Some are a bit less dramatic, like when the 15th of Adra falls on Shabbos. But either way, L'maysa, it's, it's quote-unquote an imperfection. You can't do things as you would like to do them. So what do you have to do? Pivot. Pivot. The machlokis, interestingly enough, you know, Yosin and Tanakama, is how do you pivot? Right? Everyone's agreeing a pivot is necessary. When you find yourself in less than optimal circumstances... You need to find out, figure out how to do things differently. That's the yisod in life. The is how do you do it differently? Rabbi Yossi and the Tanakama have different opinions. Ultimately, again, as to what that pivot should look like. Such I will say, such an incredible mussar Because isn't this each and every day of life? Less than optimal circumstances present themselves. Two kinds of people: those who lament and ultimately give up. Or those who pivot and find a new way forward. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, Does Rebbe hold, this was in yesterday's daf, Does Rebbe hold that cities are never pushed to the Yomak Nisa? But Tanya, we learned, this was an interesting case, If the 14th falls down on Shabbos, So remember again, villages will go to the previous Thursday the previous Thursday which also will be the 12th, and large unwalled cities will read on Friday the 14th, 13th, excuse me, and walled cities will read on Sunday, which is in actuality the 15th. Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, Rabbi holds, listen, once you're already moving, once you're already moving, cities, you might as well move them to Thursday to the Yom HaKnisah. So the Gemara says, so, we'll say, so you see from there that Rebbe does hold that cities could even be moved to the Yom HaKnisah. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 that's not a fair case. We'll say there's a little bit different. Why? Because remember, you're talking about a case... Or the 14th is falling out on Shabbos, right? The 14th is falling out on Shabbos. Once the 14th is falling out on Shabbos, and you have to move the cities anyway, there's logic to say that perhaps once they're not reading on their actual date, put them on Thursdays, so that at least the whole unwalled Chavra, right? Which is large cities and villages are all reading together. is my name of Shabbos. But here in this case, there's man the 14th is Erev Shabbos. In other words, when the 14th, is a feasible day, we go with the 14th. Okay, Rebbe holds, once the 14th is not feasible and you have to move them anyway, move them to Thursday. Now, it happens to be we don't, we don't paskin like that, right? We don't, we, when for us, when the 14th falls out on Erev, on Shabbos, we're gonna have to push the cities earlier, but we don't automatically push the unwalled cities to Thursday. We push them instead until when? Until Friday, like we just saw before. So the Gemara says, whose opinion is reflected in the following statement? When Purim falls out on Shabbos. So also when we speak about Purim falling out on Shabbos, that means you doubt it. The 14th of Adr falls out on Shabbos. So what's Ta'lochot? HaKol NitChin LiYom Everyone ultimately again is pushed to Thursday. So the Yomar says, HaKol NitChin Does HaKol mean everyone? V'haIka First of all, it's not even a true statement. Because what's remember again, when the 14th falls out on Shabbos, Remember, not everybody's pushed to the Yom Nisa because remember, who do you have? The wall cities. And one of the wall cities reading, one of the wall cities reading, oh, Sunday, the 15th. Rather, what it means is whoever has a reading that is going to be pushed off should be pushed to the previous Thursday. Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Ki Rebi. Ki Ultimately, because we will say Rebbi is of the opinion, and we don't accept this. But Rebbe is of the opinion that when the 14th falls out on Shabbos, and you're going to have to push the unwalled cities anyway to a date that is not their natural date, you might as well, what? What? Push everyone to Thursday. Push everyone to Thursday, since at least again, the entire unwalled cohort. Could go ahead and read together like that. So again, I will both say, that is the position of Rabbi. Again, we don't paskin like that. But it is a position. Good, let's go weiter. Says the Gemara. What do you see from here? Mia. Megillah be is looking at it. We'll say, what is clear, by the way, is everyone agrees with the following concept, which is Megillah is not read on Shabbos. Right. That's Here's what's interesting. So everyone is agreeing that when the 14th falls out on Shabbos, you are going to have to move the read the walled unwalled cities to a different date. Okay. Machlokis says it's going to be Friday? Is it going to be Thursday? But everyone is agreeing that halacha l'maisa no megillah on Shabbos. So it says the Gemara. Why not? My time, Shabbos said this is a famous gzera rabba, Oh, derabba. Hakolchem b'krias megillah. Rabbi says like this. I'll tell you why. Because everyone is obligated in the reading of the Megillah. But not everyone is skilled in the reading of the Megillah. And I will say, what are we concerned about? Because everyone has to read the Megillah. But because not everyone knows how to read the Megillah, the concern is one is going to end up carrying the Megillah Dalit Amis in Rishos Harabim and may inadvertently will inadvertently perform an act of hotzah. Therefore, in order to avoid this, we say don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. And Abosei says, behind the time of the Lulav, I'm sorry, behind the time of the I'm sorry, behind the time of the Shofar, time of the Lulav. And Abosei says, this is the same reason we don't blow Shofar on Shabbos and the same reason we don't take Lulav and Esra on Shabbos out of a concern that Allah one may come to carry. Incredible. So we'll say, that's our first opinion. which we, We've seen this writing in Tainis, we've actually seen it in Yuma, and in Sukkah as well. Rav Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, listen to this, this is incredible. No, this is, now we'll say, Tulsus points out that Rav Yosef is not arguing on Rabbah. He's not disagreeing. He's adding in another dimension. What's another reason not to read Megillah on Shabbos? Listen to this, Rav Yosef Amar there's another reason. What's the other reason? I will say, when you read the Megillah, write, we read about the mitzvah of matanos leavionim. So when you read the Megillah, the eyes of the aniim are opened, expecting to receive tzedakah, expecting to receive charity. Look at Rashi, minusuos lemikra Megillah matanos avyonim vefshar b'shabes. They will say, isn't this absolutely incredible? If Yosef says, when you read the Megillah, the Aniyim are expecting to receive Matanos Levionum, because that's the Megillah says. And if you read the Megillah on Shabbos, it's going to create false expectations. Will say, now this is if, isn't incredible you sort of if you think about it, which is well the Aniyim are also Shomer Shabbos, presumably, right? If the Aniyim are reading the Megillah, the Aniyim also know on Shabbos, right? Metchila. Words, what, what do you mean it sounds like the Gemara says that Yosef says they're gonna read the Megillah, the Aniyim are gonna hear all about Matham Slavionim, they're gonna get all excited, and then after Megillah's over and they don't get Matham their hopes are gonna be dashed. What am I talking about? Matramas Slavionim also Aniyim also know they don't get Sadak on Shabbos. Everyone knows you don't get tzedakah on Shabbos. You can't handle money on Shabbos. So what's the Shabbos say, But you see something absolutely amazing over it. if you thing is like this. You see, when you, bless you, when you read the Megillah, when you read the Megillah, and the Aniim see that hope, that salvation, that Yeshua is on the way, it builds their hope. It builds their hope. They know, they know that they're not getting money on Shabbos, right? Everyone knows you're not handling money on Shabbos. But when the Anira will say, but sometimes when a person is an Ani, you know, sometimes the most difficult part of being an Ani is a lack of hope, is a lack of optimism. Like, where is salvation going to come from? How am I going to get out of this? And then you read the Megillah, you read the Megillah, and you realize, wow, there's a lifeline. There's a lifeline, and I will say the ani knows that no one's giving him money on Shabbos. But Rav Yosef says, "Don't go ahead and create inflated hopes, only to dash them in the next moment." In other words, I will say sometimes the worst thing you could do is overpromise and underdeliver. Overpromise, promise because why? Because you build up people's hopes and expectations. That again, that some type of respite from their difficulty is going to come. Therefore, it says Rav Yosef, don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. Now, again, Tosas points out once again, Rav Yosef is not arguing with Rabbah. Everyone agrees with the Gzeir Rabbah. But Rav Yosef says there's an additional piece that applies here by Mikra and Megillah. Don't build people up or don't build up hopes if you are going to be unable to deliver. We'll say such an incredible sowed and how how sensitive. We have to be to the plight of the ani, and how sensitive we have to be to the individual who is lacking. I will say this is true in every. I've, I've mentioned this in a different context that sometimes we're not careful the way we speak about our brachos. We're not careful to speak about our brachos, right? Whatever the bracha is, whether it's the bracha of parnasa, whether it's the bracha of children, right? Whether it's the bracha of marriage, we talk about these brachos, and we don't realize sometimes the people who we're talking to don't have these brachos. They, they, may, they may not have these brachas. And how careful I have to be that ultimately in the talking of my bracha, I don't accentuate or amplify the pain of someone who doesn't have that particular bracha. So if so it so so says, you can't read me Gilan Shabbos, because you're going to talk about the fact that we have an obligation to take care of each other, to support one another, and then you're going to go home and the Ani doesn't get that support, that just amplifies his pain that he doesn't have what he needs. And if, if by reading the Megillah is going to amplify the pain of the Ani, don't read it. But say, isn't that incredible? How sensitive and how careful we have to be with that. Rabbi Yosef would say, I would sooner not read the Megillah on Shabbos, sooner not observe Purim on Shabbos, than run the risk of amplifying the pain of another Jew. That's how sensitive we have to be with each other. Absolutely incredible. Sigmar so, says, Even though we say that villages advance their reading to the Yom Akhnisa, We go ahead and we collect money on the day, right? It sounds like on the day that we read, and we distribute on the day that we read. Sigmar so, says, you know, You're right. V'amru mipnei shalaniyem nesos this is a very interesting halacha. What the Yimar is saying over here is as follows. we we're not going to get into an interesting discussion for a few moments like this. You see, what we've been discussing this entire time is advancing the reading of the Megillah. The interesting question about, so sometimes you automatically assume that when we're advancing the reading of the Megillah, what else are we doing? What else are we doing? advancing the observance of Purim. And we're going to see that's not necessarily the case. In other words, you could have a situation where we're going to advance the reading of the Megillah, but the actual celebration of Purim will occur on its natural calendrical date. Or, right, what Gemara is saying over here is as follows. When we talk about the fact that the villages advance the reading of the Megillah, the Gemara says, by the way, what else are you going to do on that day? You're also going to distribute right? even though it's quite possible that although the villages are going to go ahead and advance their reading, they're not going to celebrate Purim until when? Until when? Until the 14th. So they're going to have their su'uda and shalachmanos on the 14th. But what's interesting the Gemara says is always follows the date of the reading. Why? Why? Exactly, because they're both like, because my eternal always has to be tethered to the reading because the poor will hear that there's an obligation to go ahead and the poor will give its obligation to go ahead and therefore again whenever we read we have to it might be the rest of the observance of Purim is going to take place on a different date but is always tethered to the reading of the Megillah because the Aniyim are acutely aware of the performance of this mitzvah when they pay attention to the Megillah so incredible so the Gemara says Aval Aval, top of hay, Aval simcha, ain't no haggis, Allah bismala. What's just said before? Simcha. What is simcha? Simcha is suuda, Su'udah, that means to have a celebratory meal. And what? As well as, as well as. Mishlach um, Manos, because we'll also remember again, Shalach Manos is connected to the mitzvah of Suda. Those only take place on their natural calendrical date. Incredible. i will say more about that in a bit. So the Gemara says, Amrav, Amrav, Megillah b'zmanah, Karunosafilu b'yachid, Shlach b'zmanah basara That's interesting. Bav says that when you read Megillah on the natural date, right, the natural date, so whatever, we'll, we'll call it walled cities on the 15th, Unwalled cities on the 14th. You could read it even without a minion. But Allah, if you're reading it, if you're reading it not on the natural date, by definition, you require a minyan. Ravasi Ravasi says, no. Ben ben Ravasi says, no. Whether you're reading Megillah on the correct date or on a deferred date, you always need a minion. minyan. other four lines down. What's the logic, say the logic is, interesting enough, remember, what, what, what Rav seems to say is like this. When you're reading on the natural, Siyavos said, we're going to see that by Mikra Megillah, there is an important yesod of Birov Am Hadras Melech. Am hadras melech. which means that again, the name of the king is glorified within the multitudes. The idea being, the idea being that we should really go ahead and read Megillah in as large of a group as possible. So Rav will say like this, this is fascinating. Bismano, so let's say on the 14th of Adar, everyone's reading Megillah. So because everyone's reading Megillah, by definition, the Barov Am is accomplished just by the fact that we're all doing the same mitzvah, even if what? Even if what? We're not all doing it together. We're not all doing it together. However, Shalom Bizmano, when it's not the natural date, when it's a deferred date, 11, 12, 13, that you need to really create the situational berovam. Am. You need to get a large group of people together. Whereas Ravasi says no. Berovam always means getting a lot of people in one location. Doesn't matter again, bismana, shalom, bismana. So what's it says Hava One time it happened, and how does it happen that they were reading Megillah, not on what we'll call the natural date. Vikosh Rav Lahadravasi. And Rav went out to get a minion, right? So Rav went out to get a minion. I'm sorry, just the opposite. It happened one time that they're reading the Megillah on the correct date, and Rav still went out of his way to go ahead and get a minion. So you see, at the end of the day, Rav came along, came around Travasi, and said, ideally, one should always have a minion. I says, I'm sorry. Purim Shechaliyos B'Shabbis, Erev Shab. so the Gemara says, Erev Shabbos Zmanom, so the Gemara says, and Erev Shabbos is the right time to read the Megillah. Erev Shabbos Zmanom, really? Erev Shabbos is their time? For Shabbos Zmanom, but Shabbos is the correct time, to which the Gemara says, El Alav HaKhikim means to say, Shalom B'smanom Kizmanom. It means, ultimately, again, not in their time is like their time. How so? Just like I will say, on the actual date of Purim, you can read megillah by yourself. So too, again, even not on the correct date, you can also read that in megillah. To which the Message is The Indian megillah basara. Mikro should always take place with a minion. Ella, my Erev What does it mean to say Erev Shabbos is their time? La fuki mi derebi, do yitru ayaros I'm sorry. So exclude the position of Rabbi. We just had Rabbi. Rebbe Rabbi has this unique opinion that says, when the fourteenth falls out on Shabbos, what should you do, Rabbi? What should you do? Push everyone. When I say everyone except except walled cities, push everyone to where? Thursday. Thursday. So we don't pass him that way. And how, so we'll say so two pieces of interesting Allah that come out. Number one, when the fourteenth falls out on Shabbos, when the fourteenth falls out on Shabbos. We do not in like Rebbe. What we'll do when the fourteenth falls out on Shabbos is we'll push unwalled cities to Friday the thirteenth, villages to Thursday the thirteenth. Although we saw the Ram and Paskins, we didn't really have this halacha villages anymore. But again, for our purposes, we'll push villages to the to the thirteenth, Thursday the thirteenth, and walled cities will read when Sunday the fifteenth. Second halacha Rabbeinu we passkin, we hold, we hold like like really, ideally we hold like this that we hold both like Grav and Ravasi, namely, you should always have a minion when you read the Megillah. Right, that, that's the ideal. However, Halach one could be Yossi Mikra Megillah Biyachid, and that is true even when, whether you're reading it on the, on the ideal date, fourteen, fifteen, or whether you're reading on a deferred date, 11, 12, 13 as well. Good, both say that, so that's those halachs. I'll just point out, I'm not gonna go into it now, because we'll have to say it for a different time, the, the interesting discussion about, the, we'll call it the bifurcation, between reading of the Megillah and observance of Purim is an interesting idea. You know where this comes up most acutely? This comes up when the 15th falls out on Shabbos. This is like the most extreme case. When the 15th falls out on Shabbos, so I'll we'll say, what happens, what happens when the 15th falls out on Shabbos? When do when, when Yerushalayim observe Purim? If the 15th falls out on Shabbos? Right? On Friday. The interesting shaila is... When do they have Suuda and Manas? So that interesting enough is a raging machlokia. So Shonak seems to pass in. they have it on Sunday. They have it on Sunday. <laughs> but the Mishtabura quote's opinions that no, they should actually observe it on Shabbos. On Shabbos, interestingly enough. Right? So others say Friday, so that you get into a concept of what's called an Alakava Purim Meshulash. You could get into a you could get into a three-day purim idea. It's amazing. No one ever remembers Shporim Shulash for good reason, right? So, 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 right? so we'll say, so, so interesting. I'm just pointing out, we'll, we'll come to that case, I'm just pointing out this sugya of again dividing up that it could be, I can add mikra megillah without the observance of Porim. Himarat Hashem, we'll get to it. Says the Mishnah, so we just actually quoted this Mishnah this in yesterday's death. What is the definition of a large city? And we'll say, and I remember again, who cares? Why the definition of a large city is not... thought? No, no, it's very important. Remember, our categorizations are very important. Why? Because large unwalled cities always read when? Always read when? On the 14th. Right? If you're not a large unwalled city, then what are you? What are you? A village. And if you're a village, then what? You can advance your reading to the nearest Yom HaKnesa. So these definitions... Are halachically important. So, what is the definition of an ir gidola of a large city? Says the Gemara called Shishba Remember again, anyone literally who has 10 people who are idle, but as we discussed in yesterday's definition, in today's Gemara, that's a reference to 10 people whose full time occupation is to ensure that there is always a minion in the shul. Pachos, mikhan, if you don't have Asara Batlanen, Harezekfar. then by definition you are a village. Now, the Mishnah switches gears. Now, if you notice, by the way, interestingly enough, when it comes to Megillah, if you can't read on your normal date, what happens? What happens? You're pushed earlier, right? Which is very interesting. So remember again, you're never delayed. You're never delayed, Right? We don't say, for example, if the 14th falls out on Shabbos, we don't say just read on the 15th on Sunday, right? We always push every, same idea, same idea, if the 15th falls out on Shabbos, we don't delay. That's for a different reason of a yavar, but Lamais again, by mikra, megillah, when there's an issue with your natural date, we push you earlier. He wants to just by the way, I just want to point out that's not always the case in Haloch. Avalzman we But we'll say a little bit of a, a throwback to Msechastinis, but ultimately again, carbonates him, carbonates him. Look at Rashi. Avazman Atse Kohanim Baam. Ha over Mesekhastinus. We miss Tainis, Tainis was a Tinas was a beautiful, beautiful Mesachta. So Aracha. Remember again there were certain families. Who had established dates to bring wood to the base hamikdash, and when they would bring their wood, carbon sim iman, they would bring a special carbon together with that wood imchalios Let's say their date fell out on Shabbos. What happened? Ultimately, again, we delay their carbon and the bringing of their wood to the next day. So, if there's a conflict that the day of your carbon incense falls out on Shabbos, we push you to Sunday. What else do we push off? Tishabov. If Tishabov falls out on Shabbos, we push Tishabav Zenitcha. We push it to Sunday. Chagiga, we'll finish Rastafash in just a moment. Carbon Chagiga, right? If again, first day Yamta falls out on Shabbos and you want to bring your, it's really talking about your Ola Sriya. You want to bring your Ola or Chagiga, we'll in the we push that off to Sunday. The Hakel. HaKirabosei is the massive gathering that takes place on the second night of Sukkot in the year following Shemitah, where the king would go ahead and read sections of the Torah to the entire people. If that falls out on Shabbos, in all of these cases, Ma'acharin v'lo makdimin. We delay these things and we do not push them earlier. will say, go back to that Rashi for just a moment, in the middle of that Rashi, the Rashi divrei haMaskel. So Rashi says So I'll also skip down a little bit I'm sorry Next Rashi So we'll say If Yom Tov falls on, on Shabbos We push off the Shalmi Chagiga Now we'll discuss If everybody agrees with this idea Shalmi Chagiga are the Shlamim Right That are offered up on Yom Tiv, That also provide meat for Yom Tiv. We'll push that off Ultimately again until Sunday. Rashi says, Hakel. Rashi goes on there. So, interestingly enough, why do we push off Hakel? Why do we push off Hakel? So, Rashi gives two reasons that's why I push off Hakel. Number one, because Hakel, say there is a mitzvah to bring even young children. So, there's a concern potentially about carrying, about carrying on Shabbos. Second possibility, says Tosus, is Hakel, they used constructed a massive platform for the king to read from. So ultimately, again, the concern is if you do hakel on Shabbos, that construction may inadvertently occur on Shabbos itself. Good, two reasons for hakel. Back to the Mishnah. So says the Gemara, Afa yeah. makdimin so, I'll say, interesting, interesting idea over here. What it seems to say is as follows. When you, back to Megillah now, right? So, we just said, right? We just said, when, when your, when, when your natural date falls out on Shabbos, we'll advance your reading. By the way, the Gimar when we advance your reading, that day that you advanced your reading to, you're allowed to go ahead and deliver a hespit and eulogy on those days. In other words, what is that saying? When we advance the reading of the Megillah to a different date, halach, so what are we doing? What are we doing? We're reading the Megillah on that date, but we're not transforming what? That date into Purim. Right? That date is not Purim. Vaharaya, you're allowed to do things on that date that you're not allowed to do on Purim. Namely, deliver eulogies and fast. Umatana Am Rabbi Yehuda, By the way, when we speak about advancing the villages to the nearest Monday and Thursday, when is that true? When it's a village that comes into the larger cities on Mondays and Thursdays. But if the villages don't come into the larger cities on Mondays and Thursdays, so the Gemara says... Lo, you're, you're not allowed to advance the reading of the Megillah. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry. So we'll say just an important aloha that the, the license to advance the reading for villages to the nearest Monday and Thursday is not just like a blanket rule for any village. It has to be a village that what? That is going into the larger cities on Mondays and Thursdays. Incredible, says the Gemara Tana. Asar b'atlon We just said this yesterday when we speak about the ten b'atlonim. That doesn't just mean that there are ten idle people. If that's the case, every city is a large city. But rather, again, we'll say what it means is that these people are dafka on the communal payroll to ensure that there is a minion for the shul at all times. So we'll say we said again. Megillah is unique, because Megillah, if there is a conflict with the date on Shabbos, will advance the reading of the Megillah. Yet, haloch, for many other things we will delay. So it says the Gemara, my time, what's the reason? shmuel, Because they will say, by Megillah it's a little bit different, because by Megillah, the Megillah itself says velo yavar, that it can't go past the 15th. You can't go past the 15th. So the Gemara says, I'm going to be Abba Amr Shmuel, Minayin Sheymon and Yom Nishan. It's supposed to be just a side idea. How do we know that we'll say in general, we don't count days for the year. In other words, a year is made up of 12 months, right? And not made up of a certain number of days. This is talking about the, the lunar year as opposed to the solar year. Because the passage says for the months of the year. We count months for the year. We don't count days for the year. The month? are made up of days and not made up of hours. Ultimately, again, we go ahead and we count days for the month Ultimately, again, we don't count hours for the month. Incredible. So we'll say that all these other things, we delay if they conflict with Shabbos. We don't push them earlier. Says Gemara, why is that? So Tishabov Akdume Lo Mekadmi. we we'll say at the end of the day, we don't advance suffering. We don't advance suffering. So if I know that Tishabov falls out on a Shabbos, the notion of... Of bringing in Tisha B'av earlier is counterintuitive, right? We don't advance suffering. say is such an interesting yisod because if you think about it, don't advance suffering. It's not like Tishabov B'av is going anywhere, right? So in other words, like I know I'm going to have to observe Tishabov. B'av. So what does it matter if I observe it on Friday? I observe it on Sunday? So It's an incredible hashkafas hakayim. Also, like a person knows in life that there are going to be difficult times. So there are some people who, because they know there are going to be difficult times, they are unable to enjoy any good times in life, right? They're always waiting for the shoe to drop. I know something terrible is going to happen at some point in time, which is true. Something terrible does happen at some point in time. That is the nature of life, the peaks and valleys of life. So some people are just always waiting for that to happen and they're "maktim paranusa. Makdim paranusa means I'm always like ushering in the difficult, oh, what's, what's going to happen next? And I will say, but yet the proper Ashkafa HaSachayim is, enjoy life when you can enjoy life. Do difficulties come? Absolutely difficulties come. But Lamaisa, find a way to maximize your Simcha when you have it. So therefore, I will say, interesting from a Hashkafic perspective, if there's a choice between bringing in Tisha B'av earlier or later, what do we do? Push it off. Push it off. Because at least what that allows you to do is to maximize the Simcha now. I'm not ignoring Tisha B'av. I know Tisha B'av is going to come. But Lamaiset, there's an opportunity to maximize another day of Simcha. Take the opportunity to maximize present joy. Tisha B'av will come. Tisha B'av will come. But take the opportunity to maximize present joy. And don't be makdim poranusah. Don't go ahead and bring the suffering or bring the difficulty any earlier. An incredible use hold. So the Gemara says, and what else? Chagiga, Tana Chagiga Man Chagiga maachren. So we'll say furthermore again. Another Bryce The says... The carbon chagiga and the zman, the time for chagiga, we delay, we delay. So says the gemara. What does that mean? What does that mean? So the gemara says. So bishlam mm-hmm. chagiga, I understand chagiga. The mikla Sama achron They both say, if the first day of yomtiv falls out on Shabbos, I would normally bring my carbon chagiga on the first day of, of, of yomtiv. I'll delay it. I'll delay it. But ultimately again says the Gemara, So 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 Ella Zman Chagiga Mahi. But what does it mean that I should delay the Zman Chagiga? What what does that phrase mean? So Aravoshia what it means to say, Khagiga Bishabis, Va'Olas Olasriya Fila Plus what it means is like this. What it means is when the carbon chagiga, right? When the first day of yamtiv falls out on Shabbos, we don't even offer up the carbon Chagiga on Shabbos. And I remember again, the Chagiga, the Chagiga is a Shlamim, which means that there's meat in it for me. But I remember again, on Shabbos, the only thing we offer up are carbonos that are absolutely must be offered up that day. The carbon Chagiga, when can you offer it up? The next day of Yom tiv, as we'll see. The carbon Chagiga actually could be offered up the entirety of Yom tiv. So there's not an urgency. I don't have to do it on Shabbos. Furthermore, Ola Swiya Bosa, Ola Asriya is a special Ola. Ola is a carbon that is totally consumed on the Mizbaya. So say Ola Asriya, you're not, not even allowed to offer up on the first day of Yamtiv, right? You can't offer up an Ola on Yamtiv, because according to the screen, as we'll see, the only type of carbonos you could offer up on Yamtiv are what? The type of carbonos that you could consume. If you could eat it. If you can get meat from it, you could offer it. If you can't get meat from it, you can't offer it. So the Mars of whose opinion is this? Beshama, here we go. Tislam Omrim. You could bring Shlomim on Yom Tiv. They will say, why can you bring a carbon Shlomim on Yom Why? Why? Because you get to eat from that. Remember again, Shlomim has three parts. There's a part that's burned in the Mizbeach, a part that goes to the Kohanim, and a part that comes to me, the owner. That's where I get my meat from Yom from. From the shlumim. So, therefore, I can offer up a shlumma on but I don't do smicha. Remember what we spoke about this? Smicha, the leaning on the animal. That's considered to be ishtamshus and balichayim. That's considered to be usage of animals. We don't do that on Shabbos. Or yamtib, I should say. Avalo olos. But interestingly enough, Beishamah holds, you can't offer up an Ola even on Yomtiv. Right? Because Beishamah is of the opinion that the only carbonos you could offer up on Yomtiv are carbonos that what? Carbonos that what? That give you meat, that provide you with food. Beishamah, Beishamah say no. Beishamah disagrees, Rabbo say. And Beishamah says that on Yomtiv, you are allowed to bring any Yomtiv-centric carbon. Even if what? Even if it's an Ola. Even if it's an ola, so the gemara says. And furthermore, you could also do smicha. Rava Amarava says chagiga Kozman chagiga Ma'acharin Tfei, lo. But also, Rava says chagiga. We'll say, so by the way, you have the entire yomtiv to offer up your carbon chagiga, entire yomtiv, but no more than the entire yomtiv. This is not because we learn. Listen to this, mishal chag someone who did not go ahead and celebrate on the first day of Sukkis. Now, when we say celebrate, it means you didn't bring your carbon Chagiga. No problem. You could bring your carbon Chagiga, and say, when? The entire Yom including what? Including what? Shemini Yatzeres. Av say, if the Yom goes ahead, if the Yom goes ahead and you did not go ahead and celebrate, you didn't bring Karban Chagiga, Ultimately, again, you're done. But you will say also, what a beautiful metaphor for life. Let's say, take advantage of the opportunity to be basimcha in life, right? There's time, if you're not Basimkha today, you may be basimcha tomorrow. But at a certain point in time, if you don't take advantage of the opportunities to find simcha in life, enechai bachri Enechai bachri means you can't make it up. In other words, you can make up the simcha of today, tomorrow, maybe even an entire yamta. But at a certain point in time, if you don't take advantage of the opportunities to be happy, I will say, happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. And if you don't take advantage of the opportunities to be basimcha in life, at a certain point, the opportunities are gone. Ravashi, Ravashi says, Chagigo, vi chosman chagigo ma'achrin. Va filo at seres de very interesting. Ravashi says, In general, in general, karben chagigo, you have the entire yantiv. Machrin means you could delay it. Mean you have the entire yantiv to go ahead and offer it up. But we'll say, Not only that, even at Saras, remember again at Saras is Shavuos. Even Shavuos has a makeup date for the carbon Chagiga. Because after all we learned, we all say, watch this. So the Gimara says, nan, modim, If Shavuos fell out on Shabbos, what's the acher Ultimately again that you could slaughter the carbon Chagiga on Sunday. Both do you one better? Interestingly enough. Right? Shavuot, actually, according to many opinions, actually has what? Seven days of Tashlumen afterwards, which is quite amazing. Right? We know this because it's one of everyone's favorite halachas, which is Tachnun. Right? That's why, again, many don't say Tachnun for the seven days after Shavuot as well, because that's Tashlumen. In- interesting idea. Good. We'll say, let's go weiter. Amr Abdulazar Amr Abdullah. Re- Re- Rebbe, not in the tip, and watch this. Rebbi planted a tree. Right? Or, or I should say he planted something. On Purim, on Purim, Not only that, he he bathed, he bathed in the spring. All oh, right, or I should say in the, in the marketplace of Tzipori. Right, he went ahead and he bathed on Shavas batamus and Rebbe wanted to uproot the observance of Tisha B'av. Incredible. But ultimately, again, They did, but they, the, the other Abanim did not agree with him. Now Rashi says Tafka they didn't agree with him with Tishavov. So it sounds like they were okay that he planted a tree or he planted something on Purim and that he bathed on Shabbos or Batamuz, But they were not okay with his desire to uproot Tishavov, as we'll get to it in just a moment. So the Gemara says the Gemara says so Amra the fun of Rabbi Abba Zabda. Rabbi Lo Hayama, Hayamisa Ella Tishavov Shechalios B'Shabes Hava. No, 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 no. Rebbe didn't want to go ahead and just simply uproot Tisha B'Av. What was the case? The case was Tisha B'Av that fell out on Shabbos. Fell out on Shabbos. And what happened? Rabbi said, look, what are we doing? We're, we're going we're to observe a nidcha Tisha B'Av. Right, he delayed Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is the ninth of Av. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Right, so Rebbe says, once we're going in and we're delaying it, maybe for this year, let's just forego it. And what happened? Although lo, The Chom did not agree with this idea, and Rebbe accepted it. Kari ale, Two are better than one. In other words, I will say that Rebbe ultimately, again, that Rebbe wanted to go ahead, and um, Rebbe wanted to go ahead and simply uproot a tishabov that was nitche. Now Tosis has a whole discussion which we're not going to get into now. Tosis has a whole discussion. How could how could you have a Chumina that Rebbe wanted to go ahead and uproot Tisha B'Av, aim based in right, one court cannot uproot something that was legislated by another court, they less of the court is so, godly m'chachem m'inyin. Tosus has this idea that what Rebbe wanted to do was to uproot the severity of Tisha B'Av, to uproot the severity of Tisha B'av more than other Taniyos. Fine, also, the idea over here is, so we'll say, so first of all, a number of interesting ideas. The Rebbe just, according to the Gemara, wanted to do away with the concept of a nidcha. He just did not feel that once you're not observing Tisha B'av on the ninth of Av, there's no point in doing the fast, the rabbis argued back against him, and Rebbe was makabo. But see, I see two things from here. Number one, number one, how good it is to have a chavrusah, and how good it is to surround yourself by the right people and the right influences, because a lot of, t- a lot of times in life, the hashkafas and the ideas that we think are correct in our personal echo chamber are often not correct, are often not correct. And you can go through life with flawed hashkafas, and flawed ideas, and flawed outlooks, which is why a person has to surround themselves with the right people to help them develop the right hashkafas in life. That's number one. But I'll say number two, be a makabal, right? Be a makabal, that I have to work on being someone who, who accepts things from others. Yeah, i say no one really likes to be wrong, No one one likes to be wrong. But the Shaila is, when it's pointed out to me that I'm incorrect, there are two different approaches. Some people just dig in. They dig in even further because they will do anything not to be wrong. Or I could work on being a Mechabel. And I will say, being a Mechabal, it's hard. For, for many of us, it's hard because I want to be right. right, And I, and I feel that I should be right. But Lamaise, being a Mechabal, accepting from others when I am wrong and being willing to pivot like we spoke about before is such an incredible need. And if Rebbe could do it, we could certainly do it as well. So the Gemara goes right there. So the Gemara says, Rebbe, not in the Teba Purim. But one second, let's go back for just a moment. We're focusing on Tisha How was Rebbe able to plant a tree on Purim? After all, V'Atena of Yosef, Simcha Umishtev yamtiv. The Pasik in the Megillah says that Purim is a day of simcha, joy, mishta, celebration, and yamtiv. What do we learn from this? Simcha, malameh and behesvid. So from the word simcha we learn, we don't deliver eulogies on Purim. Right? Mishta teaches me malameh shasuram behesvid. You're not allowed to fast on Purim. The Yamtiv, what does Yamtiv teach me? Malameh shasuram Malacha. You're not allowed to work on Purim. Right? The so most say there's is an isra malameh On Purim. So how is Rabbi planting a tree? Allah Ella You're right. But Rabbi Rebbi was a fourteener. Right, Rabbi Rebbi, right, Rebbe lived in an unwalled city. So he celebrated Purim on the 14th. And when he was plant when they said Rebbi planted a tree on Purim, which Purim? Which Purim? The fifteenth. Which wasn't his Purim. So saying, really? Really? Vaha Rebbi Hava Was it lived in Tverya? And Teveria was a walled city. So what are you talking about? Okay, fine. And the Rebbe bar Fine, okay, it doesn't matter. Just switch it, right? Rebbe observed Purim on the 15th. And when we say that Rebbe planted a tree on Purim, when did he plant? When did he plant? On the 14th. So they, it's called Purim, but what? But what? It wasn't his Purim. One second. First of all, the Gemara says, So first of all, does everybody agree? That Tveria was a walled city in the of Yeshua Benun. Va Chiskiya, Karibit Tveria ba'ar sar ube chame miseka. Mesapkalei i mukev eschomos Yahshua Benun But yet, ultimately, Rabbi read the Gemara said, observed Porim both on the 14th and the 15th in Tveria because he was unsure if it was Tveria a walled city or not. To which the Gemara said, Fine. Le Chiskiya, the Rei Peshitalei. That a great line, right? So Chiskiya, the suffix. Rabbi didn't have a suffix. Rabbi didn't have a suffix. Rabbi knew that Tavari was a walled city. Therefore, he observed Purim on the 15th. And when it says that he planted a tree on Purim, when did he plant it? When did he plant it? On the 14th. Siddharth says, one second, one second. So I will say, you're presupposing that if you observe Purim on one day, that other day, that is also Purim, but not your Purim, is muter ba'asiyas malacha. Siddharth says, v'chip shiit mishari. says, Tainis. Listen to this. We learn in Megillas Tinus. Asyom mm-hmm. Arbaasar Basyom Khamishasar Yom Chamisha, Inun. So Bob so Inun. this is a culture of Megillas Tinus. Remember again, Megillas Tinus contains all of the days which are Yomim Tovim, which you're not allowed to fast on. Or or that matter deliver has been on. So the Megillas Tinus says, the fourteenth and the fifteenth of Adar are the days of Purim. You can't eulogize on them. And I will say, ultimately, what does it teach you? We'll say, what does that teach us? The Yislam teaches us that whatever is restricted on the 14th is restricted on the 15th, and whatever is restricted on the 15th is restricted on the 14th. In other words, you can't fast, you can't deliver eulogies, and it sounds like what else can't you do? You can't do malacha. If that's the case, how could Rebbe plant a tree on the 14th even if halachal amaisi observed Purim on the 15th, Jibal says it's incredible. Says, hani the Gemara says, You're right. This applies to fasting and to eulogies. Jibal says we don't fast and we don't deliver eulogies both on the 14th and the 15th. Ava malacha! Yom Echad vesulo. says the Isra malacha only applies on which day? On which day? On the day you observe Purim. On the day you observe Purim. But Halakha amaisi not on the other day. Ini, is that so? But Rav shadi kisna velot kisna Rav saw a man who was sowing flax on Purim. Rav cursed the growth or cursed the man, and ultimately the flax did not grow. To which man said, "What's the kasha?" Hasam bar Yoma It was The guy was planting flax when, when on the day he observed porim. It's not a kasha. He planted flax on the day he was observing Purim. So ultimately, again, Rav said you're not allowed to do that. To which the Gemara says Afilu Tema Bio So I will say the truth is, let's go back. It could even be that what it could even be that Rav was planting the tree on the day that he observed Purim. It's even possible. So the Gemara says rather Hespid V'Tainus alayhu, Melacha Lo Kabil We both say this is fascinating. The Gemara wants to make the following suggestion. Everyone agrees. That hespid and Tynus is going to be asram Purim. Right? In both days, 14 and 15. Can't deliver, usually, you can't fast. And will say, work, interestingly enough, is dependent on Minagamakum. Not everyone accepted an Istar prohibition to work on Purim. Now, what, where does this come from? We'll say this is fascinating. Watch this. In the beginning, when the Megillah speaks about the creation of the of Purim, so the Pasik says, Simcha U Mishta Yamtiv. Right, it says these three phrases. Simcha, Mishta, Yamtiv. And remember again, we said Simcha, right, Mishta and Yamtiv teaches me Isram Alakha, Ulubasov Ksiv, La osam yeme mishtav is simcha, vi'lu yamtiv loksiv. So we'll say, this is incredible. Yet in the final formulation of Purim, Purim is described as a day of Mishta, a day of Simcha, but what's not included? Yamtiv. So, we'll say, what do you see from here? You see that the Isra Malacha, the prohibition not to do work, was a minog that some communities accepted and other communities did not. Did not. So, so, we'll say, let's go back for a second. If that's the case, then why did Rav curse the, the flax guy? Right? The guy was sewing flax on, on Porim. Okay, he was doing Malacha. But you see, not everybody was Macabal, the Isra Malacha. So why did Rav curse him? Listen to this. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Halakha Lamaisa, in the city where this guy was living, the Milagamakam was what? Was what? Not to do Malakha. say, you can't go ahead and flaunt the Minagam the, HaMakom. The, the, the. In other words, if you live in a place, if you live in a locale, where there's a particular standard of conduct, you have to live in conformance with those rules. So this guy, this guy was flagrantly violating the Minagam and therefore, Allah HaLem that's why Rav cursed him. That's why Rav cursed him. So the Gemara says, the, so, the Gemara says as follows. V, uh, good. V'i by So, we we'll say, so therefore, by the way, so by the way, so, I'm sorry, U'ba'aswit Rebbi L'onog. And I'll say, just kind of circling back. I say, how was Rebbi able to plant the tree on Purim? The answer is simple. What's the answer? What's the answer? Where Rebbi lived, the Minagamakum was not to abstain from Allah. That's it. So, the Gemara says, one second. V'i by li olam it could very well be, I will say, that even in the place of Rebbe, even in Rebbe's city, they were careful not to do malacha on, on I If that's the case, then how did Rebbe plant the tree? Watch this. The Rebbe, netia shel simcha nata. This is beautiful. I will say. Rebbe didn't plant any tree. He planted what we call a netia shel simcha. right? A plant of joy. right? A planting of joy. The kid say, saying, we just had this. Avru elu elu right avru elu if the set of fast days go by and we still don't have rain we decrease business dealings we decrease building planting erason and soon and we say by what kind of building do you decrease Binyan, binyan shall simcha netia netia shall simcha what we decrease what is that? we decrease Building of Simcha and planting of Simcha. So we will say, what's building of Simcha? So Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see what, well, we'll read the next Rashi in just a moment. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. First white line. I will say, what is an example of Binyan Shal Simcha? Zehabone Libino. We'll say, this is a person who built. So we'll say, this is actually a beautiful idea, it's the end of Rashi Nitiya. Rashi says, So we'll say, apparently this was a custom that people, when they married off their oldest child, their oldest son, what would you do? We'll say, I actually happen to think we should bring this one back. This is, this is great, listen to this. They would build a house for the son. We'll say, instead of going in and spending tens and thousands of dollars on a wedding celebration, it's a down payment for a house. Now, what's the chap? Right, The khap is, the chasana is where, is where? In the house, which significantly diminishes your guest list. Right? So whoever you go ahead and you can fit in the house, you're invited to the chasana. Now, say, but, but on a serious note, what, right, what an incredible use of resources. Right? Instead of spending tens of thousands of dollars on a four-hour event Go ahead and channel those resources towards something that is going to be around right the next morning as well. So that's base libno right? That's ultimately again the house of the chasana for my children. So the Gemara says. Same. So again, I just want to point out. So by Tynus, when they would not have rain, they would diminish building of simcha. What's, what's in a netiyah shal simcha? What's in what's a netiyah shal simcha? Zainotea abornoki shal malachim. This is a person who plants the aburnaki shal malachim. The abornoki, or the Abernaki of kings. What is that? If you look at Rashi, Rabbi Rashi says netiyah haamura ka netia shal simcha kigon Abernaki ilan, ilan shetzilo no'eh. So Rabbi Osai, the abornoki was a tree that gave off beautiful shade. Kigon ilan shikofofen osa gabe klinusos, so Abba say listen to this. So apparently the Abernocky was a tree that had long branches. And what they used to do is they would snake the branches over poles or over a, um, what do you call that thing? That people build, they put their sukkah on it also. A trellis? A trellis. A pergola? pergola, pergola, right? So a trellis or a pergola, whatever. But the idea is you go ahead and you, you snake the, the, the You snake the... The, um, the, branches. the branches over it and it provides shade. So I was says, this was called, this was called the Netiyah Shal Simcha. So first of all, interesting, why is it called an Netiyah Shal Simcha? Because it provides shade for people to sit in, right? The greatest Simcha, the greatest Simcha is when you go ahead and you create something that could benefit someone else aside from yourself. That's Simcha. So the process says, you just come full circle, I'm going to have to stop. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, that when Rebbe planted something on Purim, so first of all, well, let's analyze the case. How is Rebbe planting on Purim? So let's go through this. How is Rebbe planting on Purim? So, possibility number one is what? Is what? Is that in Rebbe's locale, they never adopted the Minog of Isra Malacha. Right? That's possibility number one. Because remember, we reject all the other ones. It can't be that he's on the 15th or the 14th, because it sounds like whatever you're observing on one day, you're observing the other day also. So, it could be that Allah, they just did, in Rebbe's locale, they didn't accept Isra Malacha. That's possibility one. Possibility two is no. They accepted isr Malacha. But even so what? Even so what? He was still allowed to plant a tree. Why? Because that's called Natia Shal Simcha. That it's possible that even if you go ahead and you accept an isr Malacha, isr Malacha applies to what we'll call normative everyday Malacha. But special malacha, malacha shal, simcha, the planting of this kind of tree, which is going to be mahana, going to benefit others, that would be permitted on Purim as well. So let tap over here. I think we are now officially caught up with the Daf cycle. Shkayach, close enough, close enough. I mean.